I got a funny story. I'm trying to figure out how to worm it into the podcast, but something funny did happen the other day. I didn't tell you about. Mm. Not sure how to deliver it though. <laughs> maybe, maybe don't don't do delivery. Do DiGiorno. That's a it's the best advice I've gotten all week. <laughs> I'm glad to have helped you in any way. Yeah, yeah, but not the nicest thing that's ever been said to me all week. You <laughs> <laughs> had something nicer said. Yes. So this is the story. This is it. And we can do whatever we want with it, but it was pretty fucking something. It was actually two weekends ago. Mm-hmm. Went out for my surf session, and then I'm just chilling in my chair on the beach after one round. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I'm sitting in the chair, and then I look left, and there's this girl walking towards me. Like, it's me. She's coming to me. And mm-hmm. this happens sometimes for some reason, people ask questions when surfing. It's usually some old guys like, oh, you know, water temp's 43 degrees out there. How's it, you know, really doing? It's usually that. Yeah. Or it's some, 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 for some reason, you just get questions. I'm, just, I'm like, all right, well, she might just be like, oh, hey, there's something. I don't fucking know. Anyways. How old is this person? My age. <clears throat> my age and um, uh, attire is uh librarian and librarian i guess it's kind of too early to wear beach yeah i i I can't get to the spoiler yet i might not but um because it's it is what it is the the whole thing it's not it is what it is but you might be able to figure it out but anyway so she comes up to me and it was like fanny pack like you know mom jeans maybe mixed with like cat sweater i don't really know like it was just hold really... on a second let me grab some lotion Keep <laughs> yeah. wait a minute you're turning me on <laughs> so <laughs> so anyways this this person comes over to me and i'm like yeah i'm just like i'm in a good mood i'm ready she's like looks at me dead in the eyes i have a question i was like yeah sure what's up you're really hot <laughs> it's not a question but uh it's like, thank you I was like, thanks. I was like, I was like, that's really kind of you. Thank you so much. Um, how you doing? What's going on? She's like, nothing. And I was like, do you, uh, do you surf or you like to? No. I was like, and I said, uh, okay, that's cool. What do you, what do you like to do? Uh, she's like, I haven't seen you around here. I was like, well, I, <laughs> wow. You're really good at talking. I haven't seen you around here. Do you live here? I was like, no, I actually, I, I, I live uh, a couple towns away. I don't live in Gloucester. And, uh, and she was like, well, the, but the beach is my home. If you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's like, I have another question. I was like, sure. She's like, do girls invite you into their house? Okay. You know? I'm going to write down <laughs> something right now and I'll show you at the end of the story. <laughs> sure. Her next question is, do girls ever invite me into their house? And so I looked at her and I was like, um, you know, uh, my wife does. And she's like, oh, like, yep. No, I, uh, and she's like, oh, well, that's uh, okay. I was like, yeah, do you, you know, what's, what's uh, come here often? She's like, just kind of got awkward and silent. And then I was like, well, you know, it was really great seeing you. I'm going to go uh, try not to freeze myself to death out there. And she looks at me and she goes, well, I hope you don't die. Walks away. <laughs> All 
we'll see it. This is a founded in 2020 podcast, just for you guys out there who yeah. I think this is new. It's which not. I would like to see the pie chart of how many podcasts exist that were found in 2020. I'd assume it's probably close to 40. Probably the only one. <laughs> no, I think it's like a majority. <laughs> but I bet we're the, one of the only ones who made it to uh, a year. Because I, yeah. I think that probably 80 to 90% of them stopped doing it in 2020. Once they got their life back, they're like, all right, fuck this. Why would I want to do this? Yeah, they're probably I was like... only doing it as a vanity project because I wanted to talk to my friends and record it. Because mm-hmm. I couldn't take Instagram pictures at a, a restaurant. And now that I can, I don't need this anymore. But yeah. I need this still, all right? That's right. Huh. That's why we're still here. We're doing this. We're doing yeah, it. I'm sure people, people, some people were like, you know what we have uh we're good friends and we have uh we have good ideas and we talk about funny things let's make a podcast and because it's covid we can't see each other and then it lasted you know we should definitely find some of those and roast them i think that'd be pretty funny it would be yeah i think we probably could they got, they got th- two or four episodes in they realized how much fucking work it is <laughs> yeah and, yeah to keep to maintain for sure and then you know then they get their life back and instead of being stuck in their house for seven days a week they're working and doing stuff and they're like why would i spend you know that time doing that yeah and you know i hear that but also you're a fucking poser get out of the fucking community yeah, fucking poser you need to be married to the trade or else you're not going to succeed or have fun yeah if you don't go balls deep then don't dip in that's right that's what they always say so on that note welcome we're gonna to welcome no joe basement podcast yeah what he said episode 53 maybe or is it 52 53 53 huh probably 53 thinking we're episode 53 we're your hosts just like the past 53 or 52 episodes dylan and joe and our teammate and colleague dj bp here dj bp welcome back to the pod my man it's been a crazy couple of weeks out in the world with the rain and the flowers blooming and all the other podcasts and our friend Joe here, but we're back. For yeah. A special well, my, my catalytic converter got stolen for a fourth time. So I decided to buy a, uh, a sedan. So it's harder for them to get to it. So that shouldn't be a problem again. So I anticipate probably never having another week off of this ever again. So we should be good. I thought sedans didn't have catalytic converters. Uh, that's why it's called a sedan <laughs> you know i uh my my asshole is showing but uh, i'm pretty sure they do by law right or no no it's why it's called a sedan is it i thought it was because it, it was a four-door uh car i thought that was what sedans were nope coupe convertible mm-hmm. suv truck yeah. military vehicles airplanes um minivan van minivan uh race car cali converters that's why they're called what they're called sedan stands for no cali converter gotcha it's it's a bypass it's It's one of those they call uh, that great or something they call that grandfathered in and it's an italian word you're right sedan okay yeah yeah i I, like i said i don't know i don't know much about cars you know yeah I'll take your word for that. They tried to put calic converters on them, then they found that old Italian law that dates back to uh, uh-uh. uh, the 1800s that said that they're just never allowed. Never, uh, there was an incident, and they sedans only don't 
get catalytic converters. So you are. There clear. was an incident. Well, isn't that a perfect dovetail into our story mm-hmm, today, mm-hmm. folks? Yep. And it is not about sedans. It's not about sedans, but that's Vidanya. We're back in the USSR again, as the Beatles said. And uh, we love to be here, not in real life, but in podcast mode. It's one of our most enjoyable things to talk about um, from Chernobyl to abandoned Russia to every time we bring it up in a random ass tale, we can basically shoehorn Russia into everything. And we decided we're going to shoehorn it back in. And we're not just shoehorning it into your regular uh, old Crocs there. We're shoehorning it in to a pair of ski boots because we're going hiking. <clears throat> With ski boots on. Well, have you ever tried to get a fucking cup of french fries from the cafe with ski boots on no but if you're gonna go cross-country skiing you should probably wear them that's right it's a little different type of skiing than the usual traditional ones so uh we've got we've got quite the unexplained unsolved mystery about nine soviet trekkers who had absolutely no sexual tension between them. And that's the most important thing. Ice cold. As cold as the Ural Mountains was their sexual tension. It was iced. Yeah. Yep. It was iced. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So they're nine folks. They're all relatively young. And one of them, uh, the, the head. So the whole thing is group of nine university students specifically smart people been on a lot of hikes before and they decided that uh it was time to go to the uh the next level the next level specifically igor dyatlov which is the namesake of our story today the tale of the dyatlov pass incident and it's not just a tale it's a true story tales can be true stories too can they yeah it had to be a tall tale. A tall tale is a oh. fantasy story. A tale, you can do the tale of the time that I went and uh, got my catalytic converter stolen for the fourth time. Yeah, that's true. This means yeah. a story. It doesn't mean it's false. Yeah, yeah. Story, when you say I, a story, it could be false too. But stories can be true too. That's true. Yeah, I didn't finish college, so I wouldn't know these things. I, I hate when you say that. <laughs> Why? It's funny. <laughs> That's what makes it funny, though, is that I also hate when you say it. It makes it funnier that you piss me off. When you say oh, it. good. I'm glad. I'm happy to piss yeah, you off. Go, I don't know that I didn't finish college. Neither did I. But I can still know stuff, and so can all the people. That's true. What do you know about the DLF pass incident while we're on that topic? You know, I didn't do either doing any research. I thought you'd have me hand lift this whole thing up, and then I'd probably just do a lot of Russian jokes. Oh, man, we are totally fucked. So, <laughs> Which is so- very apt for the story. Because yeah, they they're... were totally fucked without giving it away. Let's start out the way you just started out, though. That was a great beginning. Bunch of university students decided to go on a hiking trip together, and they planned it out. Like you said, they're experienced hikers. This isn't they're not a bunch of drunk kids trying to drive to Mexico with a you know a, a Chrysler uh, a Sebring. Is that Chrysler? Yeah, it's what uh, Michael Scott drives most of the time. Yeah, so they're not just driving that into Mexico and going on a crazy road trip. These are all experienced hikers. In fact. Most of them were grade two is what I saw. And then they were going for their grade three, which at the time and the year of the story is 1959. So post- February 1st and 2nd, 1959, when it all went. Yes, out. but they started their hike January 24th is when they started their journey. Not okay. the hike, but that's when they set yeah. out to, to go to the Ural Mountains where our story takes place, which is right behind me here. 
it's in western russia but that's like saying you know it's in western united states russia's fucking gigantic so it's not yeah. it's not like close to europe but it's closer to europe than the middle of russia yeah and, by yeah. by western russia you know that is where you know some stuff central russia central central west russia is kind of where like moscow and stuff is but you keep going and you really yeah, no, moscow up... is is in western russia for sure yeah right so but we're we're on that side not closer to japan and stuff like or alaska we're no, closer yeah to... yeah definitely but you're still they're still in the middle of absolutely nowhere nowhere yeah nowhere i mean russia nowhere. i i don't know the exact numbers but it's basically like 90 percent of all their population is going to live west of where the story takes place and then the other gigantic section of their country basically no one lives there in comparison yeah it's like one person per 1000 miles or some crazy yeah like, like siberia specifically like where yeah, um, siberia i mean we've, we've brought alone. up um our friend um uh gregory rasputin he's from siberia so they didn't come across him when they were doing this trip because he was long dead in case you're wondering they did not and yeah. I'll bring up the map when we start to zoom into the mountains here so folks can see it. And I'll share it with you so we can look where we're coming from here. But yeah, just what Dylan said, they're, they're going in the middle of fucking nowhere. Even though it is Western Russia, it's still in the middle of nowhere. It's, it's north of Kazakhstan, if we have a little bit of a map mm-hmm. idea yep. where it is. And we all know about Kazakhstan. That's the middle of nowhere, too. Yep. And yeah, all these people were uh, avid hikers that were going. Basically, this was going to be their like test to prove that they are going to be like great hikers beyond that. And there actually was like a organized board of hiking specialists that would teach people and rate them on their hiking, which would allow them to go on journeys because a lot of these places you're basically signing a death sentence. If you go up there as an amateur, so they wouldn't allow people to do it or they wouldn't sanction it. But for these folks, they had already proven multiple occasions that they know how to hike. They know how to survive in the wilderness for days on end. And they decided to take on a very difficult hike up, um, the Ural Mountains. And uh what they succeeded it, they would have gotten their grade three, which at the time was the top tier hiking adventure. You, you couldn't get higher than that. It's the major league baseball of uh hiking. But as we'll find the story so fascinating, uh they didn't actually get that certification. Unfortunately. Unfortunately for all of them. Unfortunately for all of them. So it all starts in the early morning hours of July 25th, 1959. Yeah, sorry, January, January. 25th, yeah, yeah. 1959, <laughs> in the northern province of Sverd. Uh, me and Joe don't speak Russian if it's, uh, if we do. Yeah, no, this up. is going to be tough. We're going to do our best on this. Yeah. Um, uh, Sverdosk Oblast mm-hmm. in the early morning hours of January 25th. And they took a truck to Vizhai which is a lorry village that is the last inhabited settlement to the north. Mm-hmm. So they drop you off there and then it's time to go hiking, hiking. And again, we got our hikers here who are from the um, uh, Ural Polytechnic Institute. So they are of the... Uh, they're from the, the area. They're from the Ural <laughs> Mountains, I'd imagine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're all going to school sort of in that area. And if it's a polytechnical institute, it means that these are nerds and, um, and <laughs> clearly nerds. Yeah. The engineering, uh, uh, you know, STEM science, technology, engineering and manufacturing, I think, or mathematics sure. uh, type of folks. Yeah. yeah. Hey, you got to yeah. figure if this is their uh, winter break, they're not going to Cancun to get fucked up and get laid. They're going to hike one of the most difficult hikes in the entire region. So you got to figure these guys are 
these guys and gals this is not well that's why you said maybe getting laid and why i said there's no sexual tension because i I did hear from certain sources that there was none and by none to me and by no sexual tension i am talking about igor alexevich dyatlov yun nikolaevich doroshenko lloyd miller alexandrovnova dubina you got this Georgi, Gregory, I think, right? Gregory, it's like Gregory Rasputin, isn't That's it? true. Sorry, I can't fucking see because I, uh, I guess I'm blind now. There we go. Let me zoom in a little you bit. Got this. Oh, that's yeah. no, no, that's Georgi, like in um, uh, uh, the Daft Punk song. Oh yeah, I see the eye at the end now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I zoomed in a lot. I got that down. So you're wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah. Georgi, oh, I didn't have the names pulled up. Sorry about that. I'll Georgie, it's okay. I'll let it go this one time. Appreciate Georgie Alexievich Krivon Ishenko, and then Alexander, which was already one. Nope. Alexander Sergiovich Kolovatov. Keep in mind, I've only said one, two, three, four, five. I'd say, names don't so even far. say their middle names. It makes it easier. Well, it's funny. <laughs> um, so Zaneda Alexevina Kolmogorova. Hey, Rustam, that was a girl. Yeah, that's definitely a girl. Rustam Vladimirovich got that one down. Slow nice. Bowden. That one's Nic- a good one. Another Nikolai Vladimirovich. Thibeto Brignoles. He sounds like he's a little. Now French that sounds like a on. French name. Thibaut Brignol. That, that yeah, right. Like he might have some French in him. Yeah, you got the last two because I fucked up the other ones. You want to try these two? Sure. Uh, uh, Semyon, which in parentheses says Alexander. I don't know why it says that. Is that his like nickname? Semyon? I think they called him Semen. Yeah. <laughs> Alekevich Zolotarov. Zolotaryov. And then Aryo. Triple Y, as I like to call him. Yuri yeah. Yelamovich Yudin. 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 Triple Y. So... Those are our friends. And here. so they're all uh, from the ages of 20 to 24, except for Semyon, who is 38 years old and was in Korea during the, the uh, Russian Korean uh, uh, dispute that they had over there. So he's been wow. to war. This guy is a military trained, uh, you know, Bear Grylls style military mountain climber who went on a hike with all these kids well let's just say they're kids they're all in their yeah. early 20s. Oh, yeah, they're all kids and yeah. this is a 38 year old adult man on the hike with all of them which i thought was kind of a weird yeah uh, addition because clearly they were all friends from school and he was like just uh i don't know if he was like the guy that was there to like rate their hiking and help them out or whatever but he definitely wasn't friends with all of them he was he was a stranger to them yeah and that's weird you know that is a weird tale no one's looking into yet and he was in the uh, soviet military for years and years very strange yeah no one's talking about him as much mm, so i think back to the expedition so now you guys yeah. by memory should probably know you who got all we're the talking now. about you guys know the names now you know exactly what we're talking about <laughs> well, i mean so, we do too uh, yeah. we also you know the leader of the expedition is obviously uh you know igor dyatlov because this entire story is named after him yep exactly so don't, don't forget uh kids that no matter what kind of deal you go through in your life if you're not number one, then they will forget you. It's not called the, the <laughs> Yuri Yudin pass. It's called the Dyatlov pass. So, you know, that's true. Yeah, that's right. Um, so 
Igor, Yun, Ludmilla, Georgie, Alexander, Zenato, Rustam, Nikolai, Seaman, and Yun, who will be forgotten for sure because oh, yeah. he didn't die. So I already anyways, <laughs> so we, we're not going to talk about him much because he decided he had a little fucking tummy ache. Decided to stay back. <laughs> I don't know. And, I heard multiple different. All right, let's get into. It. Let's get into. It. Oh, let's get into. It. Yeah, let's get going. We'll we'll talk about all the conspiracies around Uden. We, we definitely will. I mean, his, his as far as um, how we should tell this tale, I don't know. I didn't go over with you, but I think we should tell the facts leading up until the incident, and then we can go through all the possible because there's like a hundred possible explanations. And I think we should go yeah. through all. Of them. <laughs> so so many we'll of them. tell we'll tell the story as far as we know before we don't know for a fact what happened. And then we can kind of parse out the details and see what we think. Yeah, exactly. So let's get through the boring details of like, they showed up, they, the, the, the path was, was South to North. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, they, uh, they had cameras. They have all had cameras somehow. Yes. Talking. And they all yeah. took journals with them too, to, you know, kind of write down what was happening and kind of, uh, you know, mark the journey as they went along. Yeah. Mark the journey. So they started the hike Um and sorry, they the last night they spent before the hike was in a town called Vizai, mm-hmm. and uh, they all purchased and ate bread. Believe it or not, can you believe that they're eating bread back then? To, wow, they didn't have to get in a line like they would at, in any other major city in Russia at the time because yeah, exactly. it's a communist system. Yeah. Shithole. So they, uh, yeah, exactly. Um, so they ate bread and uh, they're getting their energy levels up for the following next day's hike. Just eating fucking bread. I just love so, how the, the, these kids had balls too. It's like this would be a hard hike any time of the year. Like, let's go in mid, uh, the late January, early February, which is the coldest time of winter in one of the coldest environments in the world. And like, yeah, they're saying negative thirty degrees is what they're getting to. Yeah, while they're that's doing this. insane. Like this is and this is in, on purpose. They want to do it in the most difficult time to do this. Yeah, it's insane. I mean, it's crazy. Your nose freezes when you breathe. It's just too cold. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, except for, uh, yeah, so they're all getting ready for the next day's hike. And then they begin their trek towards a place called Gora or Toten, Ototen um, on January 28th. And then this is when Yuri, uh, our last friend, uh, he was already fucked before he showed up between his uh, rheumatoid arthritis and uh, a heart defect. Yeah, and he's so 21 I, years old. He's already got those issues. That's a rough one. I mean, I, I kind of does think of me of, maybe he did go on a lot of hikes with them, but it smells of me as like, the friend that you all love, but you're like, all right, we'll, you know, we'll invite Yuri, but like, there's no way he can pull this off and he will die on that mountain. So then he goes like, oh yeah, I actually can't go. And I'm pretty sure none of them were like, oh, come on, let's go. They're probably like, okay, Yuri, you just stay here, you know, because it just seems like he was never going to make it if he did hike up with them. I heard, I heard he got sick in one story. I heard he, he had sciatica acting up in another story. I heard about the, uh, heart condition another i'm not sure the real reason why he said he wasn't going but regardless he said i'm not going to make the rest of the hike here up the mountain yeah so he got left behind and yeah and that's uh that's the start of the story so now we got a group of eight people on a trek up during the most dangerous conditions of all time yeah yeah. And just looking at these birth dates now, it's interesting. All of them were born at the very end of World War II or after World War II, besides. Um, no, no, you mean. Besides Zola Tarov, which was, he was born in 1921, which means that he was alive during the entirety of World War II in Russia, which must have been quite a time. All right, you got, I, well, here's the thing. So they were all born in the 30s. So they were born before the war broke out. 
Oh, I'm thinking of 45, not 35. But yeah, they were yeah. like seven years old when it was over, which means they didn't really know what was going on. Oh, yeah, exactly. So a lot of 1936, 38. So they're all they're all they're all born like right before World War II, actually. Yeah. Right so before they, they were yeah. born into the war, really. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, it's the little kiddos before that war. Yeah. Um uh yeah, there's a, a fucking terrible movie that probably could be like the childhood called Ivan's Childhood. And it follows a boy in Russia who saw terrible things. Um <laughs> yeah, so. that's like a movie called John's Childhood in America. It's like which one? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, pretty much. But it's it's in Russian. I saw it last year. Um, wow. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so, so they started to hike up the mountain there. Yep. Starting they to bring hike a up. ton of shit with them. They got all this camping. I mean, they're ready to go. They're not just coming up with a backpack. They got everything. They got they got skis for cross country skiing. They got tents. They got uh, materials. They got um, food to take with them. I heard conflicting stories too that some of them, one of the stories I heard is that they didn't bring any alcohol. The other one was they definitely brought alcohol and I can't imagine they didn't. They're Russian 20 Yeah, they're, they're Russians in the 50s. I guarantee you they had alcohol. Yeah, I felt it was very unlikely they yeah. wouldn't have. But the thing is, you know, they would run out pretty quickly, but it also doesn't freeze, which is nice. So yes. um, I don't. And it makes you feel good when you're miserable as fuck on the side of a mountain, negative 30. Yeah. You can't yeah. sleep. Exactly. So here's the things get interesting. So they're going along their hike. It is what it is. Um, and before the hike, they, you know, actually died. Dyatlov told the kid who stayed back that he would send a telegram to like basically the boys and girls club. Um, that said, um, once they return to that town, you know, they're all safe or whatever it is, but that message would appear later than expected just because of conditions and mm-hmm. the nature of the journey and stuff like that. As you can imagine, that telegram never came through. Yeah, so I think that's an important got, aspect of the story, though, because we're talking about a time when when you go off into the woods, people will never hear from you again. So they can either assume that you're OK or they can just guess you're dead. But if you don't set a date, go, I will contact you this date at this time. You know, nowadays, if someone doesn't text you for five hours, you just figure they're fine anyways. But back in that time, you had to be like, I will do it at exactly this time. And if I don't, you can assume that I'm in major peril and I might be dead yeah so that's that's a smart move for them to be like hey if you don't hear me by now in two weeks from now then you know it's big trouble i just can't imagine that level of focus for planning such a small thing but you had to do that back then or people wouldn't be able to contact you you had to say on seven days i'm gonna write you a letter or something like that or now i'll be like i'll text you later and i just won't you know just kind of take it for granted yeah exactly i mean and it wasn't i mean that was still the case up until relatively recently yeah um i've even heard stories about people going down the colorado because there's no service in between all those you know basically the grand canyon that um you have to have a certain permit certain pass that there's there's not a lot of you can't really make communication when you're in there so it's like by based off of math i should be at the this meet me at the end in three days and four hours and if i'm not there you need to call yeah, I mean, that's crazy, but that's really what you have to do because if not, then you have no accountability for where you're going to be. And then, I mean, obviously people don't want people to go missing and dead in these places. So then they have to send out a whole search party and uh, I don't want to get ahead of myself with the story. So I'm sorry about that. Let's continue. Yeah, so yeah, no, yeah, exactly. So so what, what really, so they continue their journey up the foot to the mountain. And again, the end mountain, which we didn't clarify too, too much was Mount, Ort- Ot- Mount O'Torton. That was really their goal was to get to Mount O'Torton. 
that was so, the, the finish line of the, of the, the finish line or the turnaround point i was like we're gonna go up that and head back right yeah so um yeah so um so and they had journals and photographs so yeah they could they, kind of document their journey as they went which becomes a big part of what we know about the story because you know we have to kind of parse together what this whole journey was like they couldn't live tweet it as they went exactly it was supposed to take 17 days in total by the way that's a long journey that's a long journey in negative 30 and with rations of food and water and alcohol and um it's pretty tough so i've got here um do you have an exact distance for how far they actually made it i mean we're talking that now yeah because it's hard for me to find Uh, that because i've got some um that they made it 10 miles away from Mount O'Torton. That's where they, they, they got to there without incidents. All seemed pretty good based off their diaries and their photographs. And they were headed to Mount O'Torton, got 10 miles before it, which is a pretty significant distance. If you ever ran or walked anywhere, 10 miles, especially. Oh, yeah. Conditions. And that's not even at, at elevation at that temperature too. How yeah. do you spell O'Torton? Uh, O'Torton. <laughs> Thanks. You got this promise. It's not coming up. So you got to help me out more than that. O-T-O-R-T-E-N. Okay. Oh, they were close. 10 miles. They were 10 miles. Gotcha. I just want to pull up for the, for the map. I'm going to share my screen so that we can see uh, what's going down with that. Sorry about the delay. Oh, forgot. I forgot that screen sharing is disabled initially. Oh, yeah. Let me help you out. I don't have to do it yet, though, because I mean, I think I should wait until we say what, how this hike went before I show exactly where they are. No, it's okay. Because I mean, I, I, I think you should share it just because we're going to give everyone okay. a, a look at uh, behind you, basically, how close they came to the halfway point, essentially, of hiking up and down Mount Atorton. Okay. All right, you should be good to go. I'm gonna zoom out so we can see where we are total. So here we are, we're in Russia here. This is the entire country of Russia and this is all the shit that no one lives in basically, barely anybody. This is Western Russia. Can you see us okay? Yeah, yeah, looking great. There's Moscow way over there. These are the Ural Mountains. And here we have O'Torton, peak there. This is Dyatlov Pass, where this story takes place. So they must have started closer down this away, hiking up towards what would be the peak of the mountain there. Oh, and the Outlook Pass Memorial. Wow. There you have it. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So I've got, I had another really good map here. 
of exactly how this looked. There's a lot of stuff in Russian, believe it or not, um, for how far they went and then a schematic of kind of what went down. So anyway, so after their hike, I mean, we're hiking for days here as a planned 17 day hike. So, um, and they're 10 miles. So we're talking, you know, eight days in to a 17 day hike is what we're at basically. Pretty long distance. And then all of a sudden we, uh, you know, those days go by and that telegram don't come in. And we got family, friends, universities, and uh, special officials worried about these folks of, uh, you know. We're waiting for them. URI, uh, we call this URI, they're, uh, sorry, UPI, your old <laughs> yeah, Polytechnical University Institute, students and alumni and a 38-year-old <laughs> um, <laughs> who, are, who are missing. So now it's time to go to go see what's happening. So yeah, you got to imagine that Triple Wyatt down there is feeling really, really scared about what happened to all his buddies that he uh, decided not to go with and feeling like there could have been a big problem up there. Yeah, and there sure was a big problem because what the rescuers discovered is a bunch of bodies. Yeah, I think you got you all you folks know this podcast well enough to know that this didn't uh, end in a successful, amazing summit of the mountain. Old Thornton. Yeah. Um, Isn't there another uh, O'Torton that uh, we, we talked about on the pod before? Not O'Torton, but I've mentioned that like uh, Toten in German meant, means death or something like that. And everything we talk about it, just don't do things that have the word Torton, tor- Toten, t- t- testicular torsion, any testicular of torsion. Um, I had a torta the Taurus other day. trap. Taurus trap torta, the Mexican sandwich is not as good as a burrito. Don't ever make that mistake and well that uh, must be that makes me like tortoise though like tortuga i don't know it's just called torta well a burrito means a little donkey so their their sandwiches are we have weird names they sure do um but anyways yeah so these folks didn't make it and they didn't just go and ping their location to we need help this the search party looked for a week before they found any sign of them and they knew where they were going too they didn't just look for a, a lost kid in the woods they knew they had their path mapped out the trek was supposed to go xyz here are the days you have to plan the whole thing out and when yeah. they went to go look for them they couldn't find them for a week they, they they looked all over the path everywhere they couldn't find shit until like you said they found um you know it's like the say for the uh, cold case files or 48 hours uh after that amount of time you you know and good the worst and that that time went by before even anyone even acknowledged the fact this happened because they weren't due to return yet so yeah so what happened was the families uh of these travelers demanded an actual rescue operation by the military or the army and the police um and then they they could have just said it we're leaving them there they're probably dead forget about it they had to have the um and I, I wonder if it was one or two people they probably i would assume they probably just left them and they said they probably died that's it but I, I think it's probably the number of people and that there's young people and their students that the, you know, the outcry was enough to say, we need to take action here. You guys need to actually go look for them. Yeah. Including uh, one of the, the only survivor being the person who didn't go on the trip was kind of a mouthpiece for them. So that probably helped, you know, kind of galvanize the search effort because, you know, I don't know much about the USSR, but what I do know is they don't give a fuck about their citizens whatsoever. <laughs> it was another dead Russian. 
Yeah, exactly. So they had to go look for them, and they did find uh, the bodies, but they didn't find all of them when they first went there, did they? They found they, a couple. And by went there, you mean on February 26th, the planes, trains, and automobiles that the military sent out finally discovered the group's abandoned and badly damaged tent mm. on Kolok Siakl. And so this is our first clue as to first what clue, happen. and that campsite baffled the folks people even more. So oh, the yeah. facts say that. Uh, what does the facts say? Mikhail Sheravin, who was the student who found the tent, said that the tent was half torn down and covered with snow. Mm-hmm. It was empty, and all the group's belongings and shoes have been left behind. And this is where you're like, okay, well. Um, the shoes thing fucked up weird that makes no sense strange shoes you wouldn't want to walk without shoes for five minutes out in those conditions never mind leaving them behind no not at all so we got a weird tent and full of belongings and shoes and then this is where it gets even weirder so the investigators uh friends of mikhail's mikhail uh said the tent had be cut had been cut open from the inside that is a strange factor, right? You what think is if that they were about? Attacked or accosted by someone or something, you cut it from the outside, which means that they voluntarily cut their own tent. Not only did they cut it from the inside, which is weird for them to get out, they've also destroyed their only means of shelter in this inhospitable place. So it's a very strange notion that that happened. And I actually um, saw my research as well is that initially the investigators that were there figured, oh, this is obviously cut from the outside but they took it into the precinct or whatever they call them there. And they took in a, a seamstress who had been working with like fabrics her whole life. And they asked her like, what can you tell us about this? And she's the one who told the investigators, this has been cut from the inside, not the outside. And that really added a big clue to what might've happened there, um, which you might not have known initially. If I saw a tent ripped in half, I definitely wouldn't have pictured the folks in sub-zero temperatures doing it themselves, which is what happened. Yeah, it was so weird. Like, and an interesting note about the seamstress too, because I didn't realize that's what it was. Because, mm. yeah. So, um, yeah. So next, so next mystery is that there's nine sets of footprints, which is which is accurate. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, or it should be eight, right? Because Yuri left behind. Uh, let's see. Um, I know it's nine people, but I don't know if he was counting. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Oh, so he would have been nine. 10. No, no, he would have been 10. Yuri was gotcha. 10. That's why, so the yeah. nine sets of footprints that then we have, yep. those are all of our hikers. Gotcha. Yep, exactly. So, so um, they all made it out of whatever that tent thing was. They all left, including leaving a- their shoes behind. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Not all of them left their shoes behind, but many of them did. Many of them did. So um, in those... Well, this is, this is really what it says, actually. It's um, the, those footprints. So those nine sets of footprints were left by people wearing only socks or a single shoe or barefoot. Yeah, that's and not, then, that's not uh, what you want. No, <laughs> you no, know? it's not. Single shoe also kind of signifies that it might have been in a hurry because if you have enough time to put on one shoe but not two, I mean, what, what are you thinking at that point? Yeah, right? Fucking weird. So... Um, and those led down to the edge of a nearby wooded area on the opposite side of the Dyatlov Pass to the northeast. 
is that their campsite, it was completely exposed to the elements. They were on the side of a mountain pass, which means there was no trees to break up the wind of the elements. And uh, they might have gone to seek shelter. And shelter, when you have no tent, I mean, any port in a storm, the forest at that point is better than the side of a mountain, even though they're both not ideal. Yeah, not ideal. And then, um, so they got to... So the footprints went to the forest edge under a large Siberian pine, which is, uh, for those who don't know what that is, it's a giant Christmas tree in Russia. And, um, and they found visible remains of a small fire. Mm -hmm. Doesn't really make any sense. Which is a small fire that was, this is not near the initial tent. This is a separate no. location, right? Yeah. yeah we're so also they, they tried to start a fire in order to stay warm after whatever initially drew them from their tents. Um, yeah. It wasn't and, a large fire. And this is 1,600 feet from the tent. So, so um, yeah. that's pretty far. I mean, that is, about... that is pretty far, you know, from what you, where you wanted to stay. But it's not that far like you were hiking for the whole night and then decided to camp out. I mean, there was like, we want to get far enough away from where we started, but we still want to survive. And it almost seems right. like they immediately just try to make a fire, but they just kept walking until they found a place to do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's strange. So, um, yeah. So this is where the first two bodies were by that tree. And that was of uh, Krivonshenko and Doroshenko. Shoeless. Two Shankos. Two Shankos. Uh, what are their first names? Because we're doing first names today. Uh, we want to pull up uh, who Christo Shank, Chris Krivanoshenko and Doroshenko is. Yeah, we have uh, uh, Georgi, like you said. He's Krivanoshenko. And the other one is Yuri, another Yuri. That's Doroshenko. Doroshenko. So two dudes. So Yuri and Gregor, uh, Georgi, sorry. And uh, they're they're not the thirty eight year old. That's all we know. So yeah, um, <laughs> so, <laughs> that's Seaman. You can remember his name's Seaman. Oh, good point. Okay, won't forget that one. Yeah. Um, one, yeah. So um, yeah, uh, they the were two, shootless. The first casualties. I mean, we don't know the exact time of death of all these people, but you have to figure the two that were closest to the initial uh, incident were probably the first two to die. Yeah, so they were exactly so they were shoeless and dressed in only underwear. That is an important thing. Yeah, only clothes. underwear is even more absurd than not wearing shoes. Even their winter gear, their gloves, you know, mm -hmm. their cool sunglasses, whatever else they had, not they were basically naked. Basically naked, and it gets even weirder with these two, is that the branches on that tree were broken up to five meters high, which is uh you know that's that's it was that how many was that five Three times meters? five so it's 15, 15 around 15 feet up 15 feet that's pretty fucking high up so like yeah you know that's so and there was uh, there was uh evidence of blood that high up too yeah probably so just probably that, the uh you know if you're nakedly climbing up a siberian <laughs> christmas tree pretty scratchy there's gonna be some blood involved yeah pretty scratchy and they said that maybe the reason was because he's looking for the camp, but it's like you just fucking ran away from the camp. You can't, you know, like, you know, brought whiteout conditions. Sure, you can't see anything, but a little, yeah. way, little weird. Um, I, I wonder if that is what it is, because uh, well, obviously I don't want to get into the explanations too much. But one of the things that I heard about it was perhaps he was trying to get firewood that wasn't as wet 
where the lower branches collect much more snow and they get packed in where the higher up the tree you go the thinner the branches are the less snow they collect and they're more twigs to start a fire perhaps they were not perhaps he was looking for like a you know a sight line the higher up you get or perhaps he was trying to find branches that are a little bit more uh, of kindling to get that fire going because at this point you're basically naked in the cold environment on earth you need to start a fire yesterday yeah that is a good point so i'm not sure which it is but i thought that was interesting yeah no for sure so and then the next group of people um were uh between the pine and the camp so we're going back a little bit because of some snow that came in they found three more corpses and those corpses were of diatlov komagora and slobodin and joe what are their first names we got igor diatlov yeah we got igor. yep igor uh, um Kolmogorov, K1. Zindaya, who is uh, now a famous actress. Yeah. Uh, Kolmogora. And who's the other one? Slowboden. Slowboden. Uh, is that Seaman? Rustem. Rustem is Rustem. his name. Okay. Um, Sorry, I have My lamp is literally where all the names are on my screen. I'm, I'm pissing myself off now. I can't read. Yep. All the first names are covered up by a lamp. So. Yeah, that makes sense. Podcast, yeah, yeah we're the pros. Yeah, you heard it from us. And those wow. guys and gal all died in poses suggesting they were attempting to return to the tent. So they must have looked like <laughs> this going in that direction. Yeah, they, they had the old uh, escape route. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like the Iceman or whatever, you know. DRI you know, symbol. I'll put the DRI yeah. symbol up here. You kind of like that. But yeah, yeah, I mean, again, you, you, this is only speculation. We'll get into it as we do the second half of the podcast. But you have to figure, like, they thought, oh, shit, this isn't working. We should go back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Of- so they were found at, uh, Dyatlov was found 980 feet uh, towards the tent from the tree. That's pretty close. Kolmogora was found 1,500 feet. And then Slobodin was found 2,000 feet. So they were like in a line yeah, like this, yeah, like one drop here, the next drop there. But also don't forget that like, if you're buddies, this is the weird part of these numbers, is that like, if you're buddies and you're trying to stay together, they're all almost twice, well, not twice the distance, but they're all, you know, 500 feet exactly from each other. That's a big distance to yeah, be. They, I mean, it didn't sound that big compared to a mountain, but on it, like a survival situation. Yeah. To be that spread out, it, it seems like some, some in like a uh, part of like a, a chaotic, like not planning, like not thinking straight. Everyone just running off in their directions, just trying to do whatever. It, it doesn't seem organized at that point. Yeah. I think about 50 sedans lined up in a straight line. That's yeah, about I mean, the distance between each of them. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good point. Yeah, and just and remember sedans about a don't... thousand gorillas uh, laying down. And, you know, I bet that they weren't that far, yeah. far away from each other during the entire journey. Like, I bet there was Not never a point before that night that they were ever a thousand feet away from each other, the whole group. So to be all that spread out on that night, it's just wild. Yeah, yeah, it is wild. They so, each other the most, ironically. Yeah, yeah, weird. So that's, the, that's part two of the mystery. Part three is, uh, Joe, you want to talk about the remaining four travelers? You got that info up? Uh, I didn't, I didn't part when I wrote my notes, I didn't parse it out the way that you did. So you, oh, I got you didn't have to finish your story that way. I'll finish my story. So, so there's Thank four you. more travelers uh, that we haven't found yet, including um, semen. So, right. And th- these um, are the ones that were found in the little den they had created, right? 
within the snow? Uh, they were found. Yeah, it says ravine in my notes here, but um, they were. It took more than two months to discover these guys. That's insane. Yes, After the initial were, discovery, it'd be like, where are the rest of them? Exactly. Well, because they were they were buried under 13 feet of snow yeah. in a ravine that was 246 feet further into the woods from the pine tree. So they're even further than pine tree. Because then people Deeper are before in, the pine yeah. tree, then at the pine tree, and then further than the pine tree. Yeah. Um, and you gotta and, figure these are the these are the the survivors that survived the longest. I would think because of the way they found them, which is around a fire or, or, or potentially it was a fire that they created. Yeah. Yeah. So what I have is that three of the four were better dressed than the other group of people. Mm-hmm. And there were signs that some clothing of those that had died first had been removed by use for others. Mm. As seen, if when so their like friends had fallen, they were collecting their clothes in order to stay more warm. Yeah. And Dabina was wearing Kervon Shanko's burned torn trousers. And burned left... is we have to remember that aspect of the story. Yeah. Part of burned. his clothing was burned. That's interesting. Well, we'll bring that up later. Yeah. But yeah, her... I mean, these folks here clearly survived the longest. They took all the clothes or whatever clothes were left of the initial dead and were wearing them and were huddled around in the same location. That's why they were found together. Under 13 feet of snow is another strange part of it, too, though. It is a strange part of it. But However, this was the Dyatlov Pass is known to be one of those treacherous places in the entire world because it does have a rapid onset of occasional avalanche-type conditions and whiteouts and extreme winds and that type of stuff. So yeah, over the course of being ship. missing for a month in February, January and March, um, having 13 feet of snow is not the craziest thing I've ever heard of in my life. Sure. Yeah. No. It's Snow not, is the uh, least freaky of this entire story. Certainly. Thirteen feet's a lot of fucking snow, though. So that means something happened. They didn't just get snowed on for a week and then it accumulated to thirteen feet. I think that uh, either they had burrowed into that amount of snow and made their shelter for themselves, or there was some kind of large shift in the snow bank that that covered them up because because you could snow for a month even in a place like this and you won't get 13 feet 13 feet is you know the equivalent of like two of the greatest blizzards you'd see so that's that's a yeah. lot of snow for a month it is a lot of snow but yeah so i mean that's basically the uh the where we are today with the yellow da- past incident i mean everyone who was involved has perished and the investigators are finding small clumps of the group at a time and then you know, not till way long later that they find the full hiking party. And at this point, all we have is questions. What the fuck happened here? Everyone's dead. They all have different injuries, which we will get into. Get into that. That's the um, most- but they they've all died, and we don't even know why they. It seems like something happened that that made everyone panic and go scattering up. I mean, they had a successful journey the whole way. They're expert hikers. All was according to plan until this particular night. February 1st into the 2nd and after that all hell broke loose or all hell froze over whatever way you want to see it but and I think we should uh, I think that's a good way to fucking end our first segment and just say that's the, that's the setup that's, that's the setup about. yeah we got a bunch of dead hikers oh yeah with some snow took a long time to find them and now comes really part 2 of the twist it just gets weird so you guys hang in there what the hell happened up there I'm freezing my ass up just thinking about it
All right, we'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by Wormtown Bee Hoppy, their India Pale Ale, 6.5%, brewed and canned by Wormtown Brewery in Worcester, Mass. No better way to spend the podcast than with a lovely Wormtown Bee Hoppy. Oh, man, is that good. Get back into we got we got a tale of uh, what comes up to to be real mysteries about some deaths. So what happened next is that there was an inquiry into all this. They put out an actual investigation. We need answers. And it wasn't until the the medical examiner got a hold of all nine ten nine of these bodies that shit gets even weirder than you'd think. Gets even crazier. So now we got to find out their causes of death. What the hell happened to these folks? Yeah, at first we thought, you know what? All right, it's what is it out there? It's uh, we are discussed this cold, negative, negative 30. thirty degrees on a seventeen day hike, cut short at probably day eight, seven, Sheesh, six, nine. Frozen it. solid at that point. Yeah, frozen solid, hypothermia. Um, th- before he got to Melxamer, they did notice that Slow Bowden had a small crack in his skull, but they decided it was enough to kill a man, so they kind of brushed it off. But then anyways, couldn't have felt good though. The narrative of the incident shifted once they got back into town, these bodies. Three of the hikers had injuries that killed them that weren't hypothermia. Mm -hmm. The other six died of hypothermia. No other reason to believe they died of anything else. Pretty. But they still had injuries, just not their cause of death. Right. Or determined cause of death. Right. Yeah. Like you said, they got some burns and some scratches and whatever it is. It's a little strange, but, but the three of them that are really interesting died of blunt force trauma injuries to the head and chest. Mm-hmm. And that's the first thing. Yes, those other in- internal, yeah. Leading to internal bleeding, the other injuries on everybody else, it all gets weirder, but the cause of death injuries, we're going to start there and work our way towards just, it just gets weirder as this goes. So we've got three of, so six of them, hypothermia injuries caused death three of them blood force trauma and eternal bleeding was the cause of death including cracked skulls fucking cracked chests and a broken heart and a broken heart well no because everyone was um not sexually <laughs> tense unless yeah, someone's not telling us the truth until dude, until has I happened this on movie, this I, when i make this movie it's gonna there's gonna the sexual tension is gonna be palpable <laughs> It's gonna be it's gonna be like dead snow sexual tension. Oh yeah, yeah exactly. Oh yeah, just like so that. tense. Do you think it's that movie be, is about you this? Could cut it with a with a knife. Yeah. Do you think Dead Snow the movie is about uh, was inspired by the Dyatlov Pass incident? I don't think so. You don't think so? Why? I don't think so. Um, but I like the idea of it though. Any reason why you don't think it is? Oh, because uh, you know it's mostly about it's a modern day. Uh, it's set in the modern day or slightly modern. Probably like inspired does not mean not inspired okay i hear that well i don't think there's going to be any nazis in the story spoiler alert but they could be slightly involved i don't want to rule it all out that's um, true that is a good point we'll, we'll, we'll go forward with that yeah. okay we'll go forward with that that there are no nazis in this particular incident we mm-hmm. that, that we is one about. mystery that we did solve we did not come across about, that you know so i mean i have like seven or eight 
possible explanations and none of them involve Nazis doesn't mean I'll rule them out completely, but none of them. Yeah. We, it's, I mean, we don't have any better answers for you, but, but anyway, so, so back to the, the force that caused some of those blunt force trauma injuries, they were saying it, the, to, to, to cause chest and head fractures that crazy would be the force comparable to that of a car crash. According to Boris Vosner Denny, notably He's the coroner, I, I, I presume. Uh, you know, it actually doesn't say who he is. It just says that he's a guy who said this. So take our word for it. Well, he either was the coroner or the coroner told him that because no one just guessed it. But yeah, that's well, a good point. Because I course. think when they first came apart upon the scene, they, they might have thought because of the injuries and, you know, the sporadic nature of the incident that there might have been like a fight broke out or that like people were murdered or something like that. But then they realized that the amount of force that caused these injuries, like you said, it, it couldn't have been a person. No one kicked anybody. I mean, this was like a car crash. That's a little bit more than just a uh, scuffle between a couple of sexually tense uh, polytech grads. Yeah. <laughs> and one adult 38-year-old man named Seaman. Who's certainly yeah, well, we know, you know the thing is, maybe someone's not telling the truth in this story because... I, you know, I imagine a couple people aren't. I don't know if you've ever been to colleges like that where there's essentially... What's that horrible fucking TV show? You got to be more specific for me. How I Met Your Mother. Oh, there you go. Um, yeah, you, you didn't know that when I just said, what's that horrible TV show? You yeah, and out. I wouldn't have guessed to that because I, I thought that that one was pretty decent, but I haven't really seen it, so I don't know. It's about a group of nerdy guys and one hot girl, and I think that's... But one of them's Neil Patrick Harris. Wait, am I thinking of the wrong movie? It's the wrong show? No, I'm thinking of... Uh, fuck, what's that one? That's not that. It's yeah. called... It's called. Um, you got to help me out with this, man. Dude, if you give me clues, I can guess for you. But if you say it's the show, it's the show, I can't help you. It's the show. <laughs> where <Freaks and> geeks. <laughs> no, there's. It's a group of nerdy nerds. Okay. And then there's one. The Big hot, Bang Theory. The Big Bang Theory. Thank you, Jesus. And How I Met Your Mother sucks too. So don't. You're not going to sure, win. I'm sure it's bad too. But it can't <laughs> be I'm not letting you get away with that one. Um, but but bad Big bad. Bang Theory is worse i don't know pretty bad and it's about a bunch of nerds with one hot girl and there's a lot of sexual tension because nobody can get her but she stays on the line dangling the carrot which just builds more sexual tension for these people and that's good for for the show but in this particular instance these two women who are with them are also pro hikers so they weren't just the uh it wasn't just a bunch of nerds and the hot chick who was there as a token. I mean, these girls could hike as well as the best of them because they proved it. So they're probably you know, there's not. no time for uh, there's no time for a weak link in the chain when you're hiking like this. Like if you're at a party or you're at some kind of social event. Yeah. If you're at a math fucking league incident or whatever, and, uh, a competition, you can always carry the team. You can always have the one player who doesn't play as well. But mm-hmm. when you're hiking, you can't literally carry somebody. I mean, if you don't yeah. carry your own weight, you're dead. So the two women who hiked with them, I would imagine are at least as confident as everyone there, which makes it even more sexually tense because they're on the same playing field. Doesn't mean they're not hot. Probably means if anything, they are hot. Oh yeah. I'm just saying yeah. that it wasn't like a bunch of nerds and two unattainable. I mean, the girl in the big bang theory is fucking stupid. Like that's the whole thing. Like they're smart. She's mm-hmm. stupid. She's hot. They're annoying and nerdy. Mm-hmm. I think these girls were probably uh, as good as them at both school and hiking and they very well might have the the, the uh the 
disparity might have been their social skills. They're, they might have been better than the guys at the social skills. I, I don't know how socially awkward they were, but like, again, they spent their uh, winter break in college doing a nearly impossible hike. So, I mean, I appreciate that kind of uh, gumption, but you yeah. could have been going down to Moscow and buying some uh, six packs for, for your ladies and having a great time. And instead they wanted to freeze the fuck to death and all die. So they definitely yeah. had different priorities than most USSR uh, youths at the same time. Totally true. So back to the story, the big <laughs> bang theory uh, theories. Um, now let's do so, the Dyatlov past theories. That's right. So, so now we're going to four the other four bodies that were in the creek, the hut, whatever you want to call it. Says the creek here, um, and uh, they the, had the, so they're the interesting ones besides the other ones, is because they had soft tissue damage to their head and their face. For example, what we mean by soft tissue damage, Joe's right. Du- they couldn't du- see me, but I pointed to my eyeballs. Dubinina was missing her tongue, eyes, part of her lips, as well as facial tissue and a fragment of skull bone. Oof, that While is Zola- not what happens when uh, you fall down a hill. Well, th- that doesn't have any fun, but if you fall down a hill, sometimes your eyeballs file out. And that did happen to Zolotoryov. What happened? Their eyes fell out when they fell down a hill? Well, just making a joke here. You're like, that doesn't usually happen when you fall down a hill. And I was like, no, but I know what does. Sometimes your eyeballs fall right out of your head. And that's I, saw, I thought that might be true. I was like, I don't know. Can someone whack you in the head hard enough that your eyes pop out? I'm not Probably. Sure. I mean, I don't know about that. I think your head would explode first. But like, but yeah. anyways, Zolotaryov, uh, his eyeballs were cut out. Gone. Gonzo. There goes, there goes his eyes. See you later. Or see yep. you never, I should say. Yeah. And then the other one, which is like, it's even weirder because say something ate them. The next guy, well, we already had a couple of that. Um, Alexander Kolovatov just had his eyebrows missing. Now that's just weird. Yeah. Like they're, and then. I mean, at uh, least there's sustenance in a, a tongue, but I, I don't know what, what I, uh, benefit nutritionally eyebrows would uh would give you right right that's the strangest thing but so i have a theory about it yeah I got, I got theories on all this we'll get to our theories after we just state the condition of these people oh yeah and, no, I'm, not, I'm not trying to jump ahead of you yeah and then the, the examination was judged that these injuries happen post-mortem so after they died due to the location of the bodies in the stream it's yeah, like it's, so they didn't they don't think this was like part of their death knell they didn't, she, that, that person didn't die eyeless. They lost their eyes after death is what they determined. Yeah, it's weird. And then another thing that I didn't find in my research that I have in front of me, but I did hear on a uh, verbal story that described the situation, mm-hmm. or maybe it was on the History Channel, is that through the years they did studies on all aspects of this because they had, this has generally been a mystery even to this day. There's yeah, conclusions, it's still a mystery. but there's still a mystery. Their clothing was all radioactive as well. Well, not all, but some of the no. clothes were radioactive. Okay. Well, you tell me then. Cause I thought it was all. Yeah. I'm going- I, I found that there was traces of radioactive material on the entire campsite. But in particular, two of our hikers here 
um, which I, I do have the names written down. And I will tell you them once I figure it out is that um, two of them, their clothing was highly radioactive um, kind of indicating that they either came into contact with the radiation recently, or they had come into contact with radiation in the past. It wasn't just the base radiation of living in the USSR, which mm. I'm pretty sure that most pretty people, high anyways. <laughs> yeah. Like most yeah. people were radioactive generally just because they didn't really give a fuck, but two of them. And one of them I think was a, uh, Krivonchenko and then one of them I'll give you the other name but two of them they their their shirts in particular had like a way higher uh, Ronkin rating than anyone else so you know I don't want to spoil my my explanations but I don't think that it was just that a radioactive thing just happened that that day I think that the radiation came with them to the hike but we'll we'll figure that out yeah we'll figure that out but uh, so far the injuries that we see here are yeah. a mix of blunt force trauma and what mm-hmm. we have formally covered on the Dylan Joe Basin podcast now called the DJBP SUV STU STFU mm-hmm. um A-I-D-S. special ADS yeah um is cattle mutilations mm-hmm. there is mm-hmm. there's a big uh that's the first thing I thought of when I heard the about the eyes and tongue missing in this story and the lack of um any evidence of surrounding attackers you know that yeah nothing it just seems like a cattle mutilation like there's no evidence of anything arriving or departing the scene but yet this poor soul is missing their eyes and tongue that's very strange very strange and so the first speculation of the investigation for these for the group yeah let's get into right now let's do a hard cut here what, what, what are the possible explanations of what happened at the Love Pass? Why are they all dead? What the fuck happened here? Let's go down the list of what we think, or not what we think, particularly. We'll do final thoughts for that, but like, let's do the possible explanations of what have been posed by the internet, by the experts, by the psychomaniacs, by the conspiracy theorists, and by scientists of what the fuck actually happened here. Because there's no official story, even to this day, by the USSR. And they didn't actually even disclosed the information about what happened even about the bodies and the uh coroner's reports until five years after the incident so why the fuck the ussr takes so long to tell the public that the event even happened only the close family members and the investigators even knew it happened for the, the first five years after the incident yeah yeah and can i read the straight up facts from the incident just because i want to cover what is what is out there and then we're going to go about all the theories that happened so so yeah. journalists reporting on the available parts of the files claim that it states six of the group members died of hypothermia while three died of blunt force trauma injuries. Yeah. There were no indications of other people nearby on Kalat, Sikla, whatever, apart from the nine travelers. The tent had been ripped open from within. The victims had died six to eight hours after their last meal. Traces from the camp showed that all group members left the campsite on their own accord on foot. Some levels of radiation. Yeah, the footprints weren't like running away or panic. They were orderly. Yeah, exactly. Some levels of radiation were found on some of the victim's clothing to dispel the theory. So then there, um, uh, there were no documents that talked about their the condition of the internal organs, mm-hmm. and there were most importantly no survivors. So those are, that's the official case that was no one to tell the tale. No one tell the tale. So, um, 
So that's, those are the facts that was in the, the investigation. So now time for us to talk about some theories of what is out there that could what possibly happen. I've this? been talking a lot right now. So Joe, you start. Sure thing. Um, these are in no particular order besides I'm probably going to end with what I think is the most likely explanation before I give my actual opinion. This is the first one I wanted to pose out here that I heard of, that it was the Mansi people, which are the indigenous tribes from that part of Russia. So the equivalent of like uh, American Indians, uh, Native Americans, they still live there or like Inuit people who live in, uh, you know, northern Canada and Alaska. They've lived there for millennia. And they were familiar with the area. And much like a lot of native people, they know how to survive there. They don't need all the extra creature comforts of the way we have. And they know how, they know what to do and when to do it. And they didn't much like outsiders there because obviously the Russian government's probably taken over all their land, much like any other country does. And one of the explanations is that maybe they came into contact with the Mansi people who didn't want them there and that they had um, actually caused their demise themselves including the fact that they came upon a ritual sacrifice altar with bones and a moose skull on top of it. Perhaps uh, it didn't take too kind of this. And that's might be one of the reason why they, they left in orderly fashion. They weren't attacked in the night. They were commanded to leave their campsite and they were marched to a sacrificial place. And when they realized they were about to be killed, they fleed into the winter night and they didn't survive the night. That's why uh, an explanation why they left without all their belongings. They weren't ready to travel. They were accosted by this tribe of people, and they were forced to march into the night. And when they realized they were marching to their deaths, they panicked and all left in separate directions. And uh, the Mansi people who knew how to survive said, oh, these folks aren't going to survive the night. And then they did not. That was the first explanation that I heard of. The sacrifice of the Mansi people taking back the land that once belonged to them. Well, the second most obvious example would be, comes from the book, Dyatlov Pass. They talk about that um, they were KGB agents on a secret mission to uncover a cell of CIA agents. Who is they? they were, the hikers? The hikers. Gotcha. And they were to deliver radioactive samples and then take photos of the Americans. Something went wrong and they were killed by the CIA agents. They're and killed by the American CIA. They're killed by the American CIA, hence the mm-hmm. eyeballs and tongue and blunt force trauma. And, Interesting. And it gets down to the fact that the 37-year-old bachelor, our friend there. A seaman. Alexander... Seaman, yep, Seaman. He actually, uh, Zola Toryov, um, uh, like you said, was a very famous veteran who, uh, not famous, but experienced veteran who fought the, fought for the NKVD and bore an enigmatic tattoo that no one has yet to discover what it means. Hmm. Still, in any the language. pyramid with the eye on it, they should have figured that one out. Pretty much. It said, Illuminati. Der Muazuya. And until this day, that That must mean something in some language. Uh, No one knows, but he was apparently worked at a top secret unnamed atomic institute known as P.O. Box 3394. They have P.O. Boxes in Russia. Wow. Yep. And that's how they they named that was a secret plant. 
and uh, there was a massive nuclear disaster, the whole thing, and uh, and they all just fucked up. And the reason that people think this is that these were tough motherfuckers. Yeah. To scare the daylights out of them, you would need would something extraordinary and something astonishing, like the American CIA. So to have them just run out there and do whatever it is, they were on a mission to go capture, photograph. That is so strange to me because the fact that American CIA would have a stranglehold on this isolated part of Russia, because I heard the opposite tale, which is that these hikers hiked and came upon a place they shouldn't have been, where the USSR was testing Mm -hmm. top secret weapons this is mid cold war it's in the height of the cold war just after world war ii that just really tense time and that perhaps they came across these secret weapons testing and when they were found out to have been there russian military came up to them upon their campsite marched them single file into the woods took them away and killed them in order to hide the results I think they're both pretty astonishing, crazy shit, adding radiation and top secret Cold War stuff, which makes the whole Dyatlov Pass thing much more exciting, it being during the Cold War. But I hadn't heard the CIA did it. That's so strange that there's a bunch of Americans hiding in Russia killing them. I think it's more likely that the Russians killed the people in Russia since they're Russia. Well, if you're the CIA, where are you going to go to not be ha- not be found? You're going to go to the Dyatlov Pass. Oh, right. No one gets knows. found there too easily. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Good place to spy on people from. So again, this is just one theory. This isn't the truth. This is oh, yeah, yeah. knows. This could have just said these, these are all the theories. We're throwing them all out there. We're this could have happened. And and do you want to blend some of the other crazy uh since we're talking about the government and the military? We want to just keep one category on government military, then move sure, you yeah, know, you the Monzi people. Now we're doing the crazy theories about uh, you know. KGB. You want to move on to the, the ones that are even more uh, out of this world? Um, you know, uh, whatever you want to do next, Joe, actually is fine. Because I've got I've got my own theory at the end. And then, you've oh, got... yeah, of course. The yeah, next yeah, thing so... that, that are having here, these are theories that are, I think, mainly posed because people think it's more exciting and they want to believe, as the X-Files would say. But there is photographs, as we stated before. Not only is there journal entries documenting their whole journey, there's photographs from the journey. And one of the particular photographs has a large humanoid figure emerging from the forest. You're shitting me. Is this true? And yes, I've seen the picture. It's strange. Large humanoid figure emerging from the forest. And that's why they believe that the blunt force trauma that couldn't have been caused by human fighting, as well as the strange panic into the night and the, uh, the lack of campsites near them saying that there couldn't have been other people staying in the woods with them that could have come across them poses that the yeti was the one who took them down the yeti of the asian forest famously from nepal the uh mount everest and the himalayas but could have gone as north as russia maybe there's more than one yeti the species of yeti that in fact sasquatch i mean in Sasquatch. Yes, the, the Sasquatch of the Eastern Hemisphere and the mountains, the Snow Squatch, mm-hmm. the Yeti had mm-hmm. killed them at Dietlov Pass and the government had found some evidence for it. They said there's no footprints from any Yetis, 
but uh, maybe they were covering. They up. would say they, they didn't That's want exactly they didn't want they people say. to know that the Yeti took down in a bunch of uh, promising young youth and uh, uh, Sergeant Seaman. Yeah, and you really think that that Siberian bear suit was for bears? Get out of here! Because they knew they knew that there were Yetis suit. out there. It's what called it actually the anti Sasquatch anti Yeti suit. Yeah, and they That's we know skinny. they did not bring one, so that is definitely a possibility. We know from their whole packing list, they document the whole thing. No one on that entire hiking party brought an anti-bear suit with them. You do that with, with, with folks. Yeah, or protection of any kind for sexual tension. Yep, they wore no condoms at all. Yeah, the whole trip. Nope. Nope, too cold for those. Too cold. Well, Eskimos can do it, so. And the and the, uh, the, men, the Mansi people can do it, so. Well, you it's know. smart. It's how you keep warm. Oh, yeah. Yep. Well, friction never hurt anybody. That's right. So they, uh, that's one theory is the Yeti. Uh, the next theory also- is more up your alley. So uh, I got to have you take the way this one. Photographs also found besides the humanoid figure are of strange lights in the sky combined with the lack of footprint evidence and the radiation led some people to believe that the threats came from above, not below. I think so. Why don't you tell us what you know or what you have heard about unidentified flying objects coming into this story. Okay, all right, unidentified flying objects. It fits the bill, just going to say. If really the shoe fits, fits, whether you're a Yeti or a person, you must wear it. Yeah. Uh, there is another photographic evidence from Zolotaryov's uh, film starting to show something in the sky that is a light don't look like the moon lights in the so, sky yeah One of the last photos they had taken in their uh, film role there before their demise yeah lights in the sky fits the bill this, that's what it takes to scare a group of people like this is that all of a sudden they're inside the tent and they're like starting to get the 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 beam coming down or whatever's happening yeah. or it can lead you to panic and and run off into the uh cold icy wilderness without your shoes on something feelings of being quite uneasy and panic just get the fuck out of here and go hide in a tree whatever yeah. it is and it, or especially if it starts to take other people who are outside you think you're left um, something was more threatening than the icy cold winter that they were so well acquainted with exactly so UFOs are never out of the question, especially there's just uh, during the high, during the Cold War, there was, you know, tens of thousands of sightings in the Soviet Union that went unreported due to all the military activity and nuclear we- weapons and stuff like that. Middle of nowhere, great place for some sort of alien abduction experimentation, for sure. What do you got next? Uh, another one on the same list to bring up the, the radiation as well as that uh, Kolovatov and Krivonshenkov, they both had worked with um, this is unconfirmed. One of them did work with nuclear material um, in his line of work before he got there. The other one, it was supposed that he worked on a top secret weapons program involving plutonium plant, which means that if they had worked that closely with radioactive materials, it doesn't matter how many months since you worked in a uh, either a nuclear power plant or in a top secret plutonium lab your clothes will still be radioactive for the next ten thousand years so if you did work neither a nuclear power plant or a top secret plutonium weapons lab 
your clothes are going to be radioactive until the day you die, unless you bury them. So if you worked with those top secret military programs, or even just with nuclear power plants, which would have been top secret at the time, just regular municipal power plants in that time, the cold war would have been highly classified because they don't want America to learn that technology and get the upper hand. So if these guys were involved with that at all, it kind of describes why the radiation was there. And also maybe the fact that they wanted to silence these dudes before they uh, got the word out. These uppity college kids are getting too uh, against the government. And we're under, we're under the Soviet Union this time. So uh, dissenters, beware. And the number one dissenters, they're going to be a bunch of college kids who think they're smarter than everybody and they think they can protest and change the world. We'll teach them. We've been stranded at the Dyatlov Pass with radioactive clothes. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And to continue on with the military testing and stuff like that. Um, and next one comes up frequently in uh, places that have something to do with Russia, um, mm-hmm. Cuba. Right now, there's a something going on in, in, uh, in Cuba that's been going on for 40 years, 50 years called infrasound. Oh, yes. The, yeah. the, uh, the, the torture waves. The torture waves. So all of a sudden, you know, you're sitting around and you just get this really f- genuine feeling of uneasiness and panic and headaches and migraines. And it just develops to get worse. But all of a sudden at first you just feel very uncomfortable and like, like the world's crashing inside of you and then just gets worse and it can cause death and panic and paranoia mm-hmm. and would possibly make these people think it's coming from inside the tent and get out of there because the military, um, the middle of nowhere in Russia in the fifties is a great place to test military weapons because no one's watching no one's there and yep, all no one's those... there to, no one's there to complain <laughs> thousands falls of... in a forest and no one's there to see it it doesn't make a sound like if a yeah. bunch of 20 year olds die in the ural mountains and you you can test out a weapon on them who's going to say otherwise yeah i guess someone fucked up and do me do me thousands of at nuclear bombs they set off in uh upper west parts of russia literally right above here including the Tsar bomba which was um tested ever detonated yeah on yeah. severny island which is you know far north of this but mm-hmm. it's still in this the middle of fucking nowhere area so yeah. good and place for testing it comes from the idea uh, the same uh, prefix is infrared yeah which means yeah, that it's still it's a lower frequency than what we can see so we can see visible light and we can hear audible sound so infrasound would mean it's at such a low wavelength we can't actually hear it but it still exists your ear low or high pick it up. yeah yep or exactly. high. But, I, 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 but when it's high it's called ultra so that would be ultrasound and you use that to see if you have a baby yeah they're saying okay all right good note good thanks for the correction well, like ultraviolet saying- is a hyper frequency so it'd be ultraviolet radiation you can't see mm-hmm. it but it's it damages your skin infrared radiation you can't see it but it heats you up yes so the sun does both but both those things we can't see if you can see infrared or ultraviolet they have cameras for that you can see it that way but your eyes actually can't see those the same way with sound ultrasound and infrasound we can't hear them but they still exist and those vibrations are still happening yeah as we speak all around us certainly so, and those cause vibration, which are too low for humans to hear, um, which as, you know, they think can move rocks, can start avalanches, can disrupt organs, 
internal organs of all shapes and sizes, like your brain, your wiener, your heart, whatever, you know, like all the important um, organs. Yep, exactly. And uh, that's one theory infrasound military testing. So what do you get next? I got two left here um, before I get into, well, I'll just decide what we actually think happened. But one of them comes down to uh, hypothermia, which one of the hypothermia mm-hmm. is such a strange thing. It, it might be such an awful way to die, but it is, uh, it's said, which it's hard to describe whether or how they know this it just must be a lot of testing and scientific research to understand that when hypothermia sets in, it sets in in stages. So you have the initial freezing cold, you know, shaking yourself, frigid, just, you know, freezing up to the numbness. And then eventually you reach a point that the numbness takes over your body to such a point that you start to feel hot, which comes into the point of hypothermia where people actually go through paradoxical undressing. When your brain is so cold and your body temperature is so low, you start to reach a state of delirium. People can start to hallucinate and paradoxical undressing is a well-documented, well-documented point of hypothermia where people feel like paradoxically, as it said, that they are so hot, they need to take their clothes off because they're overheating. So they strip down completely naked. And a lot of times hypothermic people who have died are found naked, even though they've clearly been freezing to death for the course of hours or even days. Why would they take their clothes off? Their only means of survival is the warmth that their clothes provide but they're found completely naked, which is what most of the people in this group were found without any clothes at all, maybe just their undies. And that could have been part of it where maybe the group just suffered at the will of the winter and they got so cold that they started to panic, hallucinate, become delusional. And the ones that hadn't had hypothermia set in as fast were suffered through watching their friends slowly go insane, take their clothes off and freeze to death. And they had no choice but to take advantage of that and use their clothes. They really couldn't save them at that point. They just were stuck in the woods, freezing to death. And uh, that's how it went down, which also happens to be what the coroner reported for the majority of the deaths, deaths by hypothermia. Yeah, it's a great theory. On that note, uh, another more simple explanation, well, it goes hand in hand with that is just straight up an avalanche. That's the last one I had. Yeah. Avalanche happens. I mean, that, that, would, that, covers... that would explain the, the blunt force trauma, the car mm-hmm. crash. It would explain the panic that sets in with these expert hikers. They'd be well aware of how avalanches react. And you when the it. snow comes crashing down, it can happen in an instant and it could bury you alive. But at the site, the tent is still there uncovered. And although they had blunt force trauma uh, to a lot of them, they were able to leave the site and they weren't buried by the avalanche. You would have thought that if the avalanche happened, they had to dig down, you know, deep, maybe even 13 feet, like we said for the other one and find these bodies, but they were finding these bodies on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. Within weeks. So it's not like so if it... an avalanche did take all their lives. They should have all died the same way through being crushed by the force of the avalanche, but yet, uh, that doesn't seem to be the exact evidence, but an avalanche would cause injuries synonymous with a car crash. It hits you in the fucking chest. 20,000 tons of snow hitting you. You're fucked. See you later. See you later. Like a cut or a stab or a gunshot wound or an infrared radiation brain boiling. 
it would look like you got hit by a fucking truck in your chest. If you got hit by like a log or something, or you were under, think about how many feet of snow you would need to crush your chest um, based off of weight. I mean, you, snow weighs essentially what water weighs is less, less than water. Yeah. Um, so think about like, the crushing depth for a human is swimming is, uh, you know, 800 feet, like something big. So it's got to be you know, a lot of snow about to happen. Besides the force of it yeah. coming down, you're going to well, get. Yeah, I'm thinking about the force that comes down. Not that you're, it's not, they're not slowly having the snow snow yeah. onto your chest for a day. It's the fact that it's all hitting you with the force of a tsunami. Basically just like all this force just slamming into you. I mean, it can take out entire structures for a human. Yeah, especially the giant ice ball. I mean, we've all been hit playing snow fights, throwing snowballs at each other when one fucking prick like my neighbor threw a, a snowball that was mostly ice at my head yeah, and ice I, I started yeah. spinning in its socket. I remember like, look, I was like, what the fuck? And yeah, like, no good. that hit, like if I now, if I threw a snowball as hard as I could at your chest, you'd like, it really fucking feel that, you know? Oh <laughs> yeah. I'd be on the ground for sure. Yeah. I, I feel like, uh, yeah, no, you get the, the sternum punch. You just, you can't even. Yeah. And imagine if it was an 800 pound snowball. I mean, yeah. And it was the size of a, of a wall of a Walmart. Yeah, yeah. So that's gonna do that type That'll of stuff. Do but it doesn't make your eyeballs fall out, or your eyebrows get cut off, or your tongue cut out, or oh your God. lips cut off. Yes. So, and also, you wouldn't be able to walk in a single file, orderly line into the forest and climb a tree. Um, depends on if the avalanche has a gun to your head, Joe, and you're not thinking of that. Maybe the avalanche has given him an ultimatum. You guys don't walk to that tree. I'm gonna come down there. I'm gonna uh, don't make me come down there. I'm gonna come down there. I'm gonna bring. I'm not gonna gun. like what happens if I have to come down there. Yeah. Yep. I'm gonna take your clothes off and cut your eyeballs <laughs> out. Okay. All right. <laughs> the avalanche is a complete creep. Yeah. I'm gonna come down there. I'm gonna take your clothes. You know? Take your clothes off. I, I've been watching all you kids with your sexual tension over a week and I'm tired so, of it now. Get it over yeah. already, or I'll come yeah. down there. I'll come down there and I'll take those the theory sweet lips. of the ice god uh Odin. Yeah, and I'll come down there and I'll I'll cut those sweet lips of yours off. Don't make me take, take your take eyebrows. Your off. I'll do it. Yep. Take your eyebrows. And if you're watching, cut your eyeballs out. <laughs> so that could happen. Um, so the eyeball lip thing, whatever, you know, this that, that's, that's a minor detail. We can get into what we actually thought happened, but I think this, those are pretty much generally, did we leave anything out of like, this the a fucking explanations money? of what happened here? Because obviously when nine people died and one person's eye is missing, the, the Yeti explanation, the avalanche explanation, there's all holes in it. Not just the eyes, you know? Well, literally holes in it. Yeah, but, exactly. But so let's get back. So again, not a minor detail. I can't believe you said that. It's a it's it's not it's not a minor detail of the story, but as as far as the explanations of the causes of death, I'm saying that I could debunk every single one of those, and only one or two of those has to do with the eyeball story. I can debunk the alien, the Yeti, the Russian, the CIA. None of those have to do with eyeballs at all. That's all I'm saying is that the eyeballs are incidental when it comes to debunking these bullshit fairy tale examples of what happened, and the eyeballs are a huge part of the details of what might have actually happened okay because it made it sound like you were like no the eyeballs were just not gonna worry about that no yeah, I, yeah that's I why like, i wanted to clarify that's what i actually think about it so yeah. sorry all right ahead. well back to the fucking ufo stuff yes please 
well, eyeballs, tongue, whatever. So that is part of that. Yeah, cattle but, mutilation, human so, mutilation. So the eyeball thing, it goes, we go right back to cattle mutilations. And there are, you know, you dump a body in water, you dump a body on fucking land in the right shithole, and or in somewhere weird, like their head is dunked in a stream. Mm-hmm. Little critters go for the softest parts and the tastiest parts. And from experience, that's the eyeballs. Lips and assholes, so, Chuck. Lips and assholes, Chuck. And so lips, eyeballs, eyebrows, maybe because they like to eat hair. I don't know. But like little tongue little, for sure, though. Tongue, tongue and eyes are very soft. Yeah. Little microorganisms just start eating those things straight out before they touch the rest of it. Yeah. I mean, they're saltier. Sure. You ever look at dog's eyeball? Uh, no. I can't say I have. It's salty, and I'm gonna take your word for that. And I mean, so the, the is, fact that tears have uh, a salt content, so I picked. Yeah, it yeah, salty, yeah. Like sweat, kind of. Yeah. So, and then your tongue, you know, whatever. Probably. I mean, I've put other people's tongue in my mouth that were salty, and then sure. same with lips and stuff. Like, I don't know. Maybe there's something to this, and if. People I think are watching the soft tissue of it all. Where yeah, like even well, if you're why wouldn't they just eat your the tip of your nose, nose then? You know, well, the tip of your nose isn't as soft as your eyeballs or your tongue. No, but I'm sure it still does. It has, your tip of your nose has the same skin as the rest of your face. It's just that it has less circulation, so it freezes first. True, and again, back to the point that. You, but what about eye, eyelids, dude? Those are fucking very. Why would they just eat eyeballs? Again, we're going for the softest stuff. Yeah, I would think it'd be even your eyelids are the are the they're thinner, but they're made of the same skin as the rest of your face. I think the same type of skin. They are much thinner though. Yeah, they should have eaten the eyelids. Anyways, so it's classic for some sort of microorganism, not even micro, just some organism that's small. Organism, yeah, yeah, some small organism that eats the soft tissue first. They're going to go yeah. for eyeballs, tongue, lips, the eyebrows thing. Not sure what's up with that. Maybe they had some s- sweat, some, maybe some, uh, maybe, maybe some sexual juices from all the tension on them. Or I don't know, but like, <laughs> yeah, you know, getting those eyeball eye, eyebrows down there, you know, I mean, everyone's in eyebrows now. I think eyebrows have made a huge resurgence ever since 2020. I mean, eyebrows have never been more of a, I mean, growing up, I never, remember, I don't remember people ever caring about their eyebrows. It was either unibrow or not unibrow was like the main eyebrow thing. Now people are threading their eyebrows, shaving their eyebrows, waxing their eyebrows, shaping their eyebrows. I mean, I never thought that eyebrows mattered so fucking much. And now when I go to the goddamn barber, they're always trying to cut my eyebrows up. I know I got fucking bushy caterpillars up here, but I never thought that eyebrows really mattered that much. And then they, they even have models that have big block eyebrows the size of mine, and they're supposed to be hot. It's weird. I don't know. People care about eyebrows now more than ever. Look pretty dumb. I mean, just for the record, uh, I first got made fun of in seventh, sixth, seventh grade for People shaving forget. my unibrow. You got you got and you got made fun of for shaving your unibrow. Mm-hmm. That's fucking lame. I mean, I, they should make they're going to make fun of you for having the unibrow. So it's like you can't win. Yeah, you can't win. But then I then they they I, I someone told me that they're like, yeah, you can't shave that. You gotta pluck it. And I was like, because now it looks like you fucking Oh, okay. So they were saying you still have to get rid of it, but you had the wrong method was the idea. Yeah, and it was embarrassing that I had a hair problem when I was 12, but like I did. And yeah. I mean, like um, we talked about it before, but I still have it to this day. I mean, I if I don't shave this middle part, 
within a week, I will be one foot. It'll be one full brow right across. Easy. Yeah, no, dude, if you pluck, I mean, I've been plucking this for yeah, I, I, 15 I, to I 20 years. That kind of sucks that 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 seventh grader uh, made you change your uh, hygiene routine for the rest of your life. I mean, you probably look much better because of plucking it. But uh, I ain't going to let any fucking 12 year old kid tell me how to work my eyebrows. No, I appreciate the advice. I mean, it looked like I had a upper fupa shaved right here because it was so because i have black hair dude i mean that's what it looks like it looks like if you just shave above your genitals that's the same type of like look you get going on here so when i pluck it now it's just like every couple weeks there'll be like one or two black hairs i just pop off and all day but i don't touch i don't touch any of the rest of this it's just just how it goes in but i do uh i have gone almost three years without getting a haircut just gotta say that damn man i couldn't get that you look fantastic Thanks, dude. It's uh, I think you've gotten really good at dealing with your own hair situation, though. You, you've always you've had good hair ever since. I don't. I've never known you with bad hair. Is what I should say. It's yeah, always been you great. got more unique hair than I do, brother. So yeah, but I've had bad hair uh, on and off a lot of times, and I'm always trying to find the new version of. Uh, well, here's the thing. I'm always trying to stick to the same haircut for the rest of my life, but then it, I realize how lame it is, and I have to upgrade it. But you're always fucking. You're always keeping it up to up to snuff. Love it. Thanks, Joe. No, I just. Just cutting it, just getting the on the side. So, so, so our kind of our final thoughts here on this one is that you know, rest in peace, all these people. They're pretty cool, pretty young. <laughs> yeah, the Dyatlov Pass. Dyatlov Pass. Um, it still is a mystery. We don't know. Nobody knows. There was this time where there's less tech, and it's still a mystery. Really- I'm not ready to do final thoughts yet, though. I want to do the last segment of what we think happened actually. I thought we just said, oh, okay. I thought, no, 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 because I I want to debunk everything we just said really fast and then say exactly the story according to Joe of what actually happened to the Dyatlov Love Pass because I have a theory on it and it's not fucking aliens. I'll tell you that right now. Okay. What I thought happened. Tell me what you thought happened. Let's do it. This is my theory on what happened. There's two things that I kept out of the story in order to make it more surprising when I, my explanation of it is. The number one thing, they had a portable stove that they used for the entire journey. That makes sense for when you're tenting out. You can put the tent up and you get the nice sleeping bags that you want to have anyways. But they had a stove with a stove pipe that would go out of the edge of the tent and they'd light fires inside the tent in order to stay warm and to cook food and whatever they needed to do there to stay, you know, as climate controlled as they could. To keep the sexual tension. To keep the sexual tension, have a nice romantic fireplace, you know, lean up by the fire, a little mm-hmm. bearskin rug. But that was, out of all the shit I found out about the story, it's barely ever mentioned that they had a fucking iron stove they hiked with the entire time. And they, they utilized to create a fire in their tent. They had a fire in their tent constantly. And I think that's the number one example of what the fuck happened there that night including the fact that multiple bodies were found with third degree burns on their bodies, as well as burnt clothing. I don't think that happened with an alien death ray. I don't think it happened because they fell in the fire. Possibly they could have died and fallen into the fire when they died. That could have happened, but it's much less likely than the fact that they were having a fire in their tent with them. I mean, you could fall anywhere on the mountain. It's unlikely you fall directly into the one square foot where there's a fire. What I think that happened is that they had a fire in the tent during the night. The, the coals of the embers sparked up or just too much smoke built up in the tent and it clogged up and they awoke in a panic. In their tent, the entire thing was filled with smoke, much like having a house fire. The smoke is what kills you. 
They were inhaling carbon monoxide. They were panicked. They didn't know what to do. They didn't know where to go. They might've thought the entire tent was on fire and they're about to die. And they didn't want to die in a burning death trap on the side of the mountain. So they took their knife. They cut open their tent from the inside to open up the world and see what the fuck is going on. Once they did that, they saw the smoke pour out. They saw the fire and they started to panic and scream, which awoke the other hikers. And they started to run away from the tent um, in order to escape the initial uh, fire, thinking that they were going to die. And so they ran off from it to try to avoid that whole situation, which means they left their clothes in the burning tent. They left their shoes. They left whatever's there. And they ran out into the night, much like a fire happens in your house and you run out in your towel. You got to get out there to survive. And only upon reaching the sidewalk and you turn around and look back and go, oh, shit, our house is on fire. Wait a minute, the cat's inside. My TV's inside. Whatever else. And I think once they get to that point, they realize we should go back all our shit's still there they wasn't real the fire wasn't going to kill us we could have survived and we basically cut apart our only means of shelter and survival so now what do we do some of the group decided we have to go back we have to get our shoes we have to get our warm weather clothing that initial panic has died down we have to start planning things out some of the group said we should climb up these trees start to get another fire going stay warm and the last four survivors they didn't have access to any of those clothing and supplies that was left behind. And they took whatever they could of the dead bodies and basically made do. And when they made do, you know, they kind of had to survive with that, you know, and all the injuries they sustained were uh, um, part of their survival when it came to being out there in the wilderness, whether there was an avalanche or some kind of snowfall that happened, whether there was the, the scratches of falling down off a tree or the panic of running through the woods or any kind of psychosomatic crazy shit that, that, that very well could have been it. And I think that, that, that the fact that they, so many of them had burn marks on them and the fact that they cut open their tent, which was the terrible fucking idea. And they left so many things behind. It really reeked to me of uh, people panicking in a emergency situation, like waking up and your entire house is on fire and your bedroom's full of thick black smoke. And you can't breathe panic mode. You think about that first. And the next thing you think of, Oh yeah, I'm in the middle of the wilderness in Russia and I'm freezing to death. Fuck. That's a pretty good theory. Thank you. Why were they so far away from the tent then? Um, I don't know about that part. I mean, the, the, other, the other theory that I had involved with that is that they, they thought they heard some kind of indication of there being an avalanche and they tried to run away from their campsite as fast as they could in order to kind of separate themselves from the avalanche. And then only, only upon that did they realize that there was no avalanche and they had to go back. But I just thought that maybe you've just into the inciting panic of the moment that maybe when their friends were cutting themselves out of the tent, screaming and freaking out, some people that weren't part of that tent on fire thought, uh, what the fuck is going on here? We need to escape the situation. Is there an avalanche? Is there a bear? What the hell is going on here? Anyway, that, that's my thoughts. I'll be quiet now. What do you think? No, 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 no. This, this is a really good thing I want to develop. So like, so we could have had, they could have been all sleeping or whatever it is. In the... I think they were definitely sleeping during the initial incident. I don't yeah, think that they exhaust. were awake and they decided to start cutting open their tent and running naked into the forest. I think everyone was sleeping and then they got woken up by some kind of inciting incident that threw them into a panic because all these expert hikers started acting like amateur crazy people. 
And then they lost all their survival instincts, all their training went out the window when they went out in their skimpies into the forest, which is exactly the wrong thing to do. Yeah. So like the exhaust pipe could have got just put on shitty. They were probably intoxicated. And probably intoxicated. I was reading very that. Horny. Some, it's very horny. Some of them had blood around their mouths, which uh, could mean several things, but one of them is smoke inhalation. Yep. So all of a sudden they're just inhaling a butt fucking load of smoke. And yep. then they're now have carbon, carbon monoxide poisoning on top of other smoke inhalation diseases. Right. Right. And then they try to vent the tent to let some of that out. And then. Then they realize they the it. shoes and the clothes and the whatever it is, but that leaves the blunt force trauma guys by the tree and right. climbing up the top of the tree. So here's what could have happened is that those guys could have gone on the journey to the nearest tree to go get more firewood because the thing was fucking up or something. They're like, all right, let's get some more wood. We're running out. Yeah. And then that's when the shit all went down because those guys, and then they beat the shit of each other and died. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You You fucking idiot. You took the goddamn vent off the thing and now they're all dead and you're going to fucking kick your ass. It it definitely could have been. I mean, they said it was like a car crash or whatever, but like who who the hell knows? They just didn't think that it seemed like, that because of the, all the other evidence but none of it it's not like modern forensics and they didn't go through it with a fine-tooth comb in the year 2021 this is 1959 in the russian woods i mean it really is all that's that's why i heard three four different versions of the story they're all different versions i mean this shit's so cloudy which makes it so interesting and also so frustrating to be like well what is it what the fuck is it yeah and the thing there is must be an explanation just- here and the burns could have been because, say, the tent was filled with smoke, which means it doesn't insinuate that the tent's on fire because there's no evidence of that. It just yeah. got filled with smoke, and then they're trying to find the exit, and they run into the fucking stove and burn themselves. All you'd have to do is push your thigh on that iron stove, and you're, yeah. you'll fucking sizzle like some bacon, you know? Oh, for sure. Yeah, exactly. So um, Your savior is now your downfall. The thing keeping you alive, that warmth, is so close to suffocating you to death and burning you to shit, and then leaving you high and dry or more like high and wet and freezing cold on the side of the Ural mountains. Well, and great way to get hypothermia even faster is to be close without a lot of clothes steaming in a hot ass fucking tent and then go in it. Yeah. They go from super high body temperature to like drop. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you're probably sweating and then you go outside and it freezes immediately. And then those people, now they're left without a tent without their clothes they don't know what the fuck to do and they need to go get they need to go to the tree to make a new fire to stay warm because they make fucked up fire. everything else they're okay. they're probably out of all their shit anyways and then they go over there and it's just shit starts in the fan i cannot explain the blunt force trauma but the eyeballs lips thing because they fell in the fucking river and the little animals ate them but yeah because what i heard her or the den also that i mean this is also another story can't confirm is that they kind of like dug themselves out like a little igloo to start the fire so that they would be um, sheltered from the elements of the wind and the snow yeah. like you said the whiteout conditions and that actually in parts of the mountain because of the frozen over and the snow drifts you could be on top of water source and not know it because of how thick the snow is so they could have started a fire on top of a water source or a, a small creek or river coming off the mountain and not until later on did they realize they're on top of it and as they're freezing to death fall into the river now your soft body tissue is in a river source and you're fucking dead and that's no good huge bummer huge, um, huge, you know it's a, the whole thing is a big time bummer for those involved big bummer and you know uh you've seen the simpsons movie um 
when Homer goes to the uh, Native American lady, lady with the boobs, yeah, big boob lady, yeah. um, you can have a fire inside of an igloo and not melt it. But it can. But if you have a fire, it might go down and then the river. Yeah, so, you, it's hotter on on the bottom than it is uh, as the rising heat. I mean, if you put a fire on the ice, it's got to be pretty thick ice. It can last, but uh, if it, if the if it's not ice and it's just a snow bank, the fire will melt right through that and, and you'll fall right in. You got it. So, you know, I would love to say some crazy theories about uh, the KGB and UFOs and uh, the old Sasquatch, which they have a name for, by the way, mm. who, and they call him the Mank. The Mank. Is that the, the Russian Squatch? Yeah, the Mank. Uh, the Russian Squatch is called Mank, M-E-N-K, Mank. Gotcha. Um, that's what the local indigenous people call it, and they're called the... Um, the Mansi. The Mansi. Um Mancy I'll, I'll pull a picture of that of the uh, the squash photo and the UFO photo because it is creepy to see. It. Yeah, there's some weird shit going on. These are also you know a bunch of uh, horned up uh, college kids drinking uh, drinking the old potato juice. So oh yeah, and you know like just to just to shit on my own point, the it could easily be a picture of one of them with all their snow gear on in the distance. I mean these are photographs from 1959 as well like, as the end of a of a film reel. They say. When it when it deteriorates and all the light gets in it, it kind of looks like a bunch of bright lights, even if it's not. Yeah, they're like, hey, uh, hey, Igor, you know, it'd be funny if you go over there and pretend to be the mank. Yeah, maybe it was a fucking funny uh, little yeah, picture of hilarious. Prank. Yeah, I don't know. So, so he was probably going over there pretending to be the mank while the tent was on smoky problem because a bunch of people were passed out because they drank too much, and then two other people, three other people, were going to get some firewood up that pine tree. Yep. And shit started the fan. Those guys at the pine tree got pissed because they fucked up the thing, killed people, started beating the shit of each other. The mank guy was by the tree. It's probably by the tree. It's probably by that group. And then, yeah, yeah it's all going down. They, they drank and then they tried to pull a mank prank in it and it went uh, drinking mank it prank. It went ass up and it stank. It sure did. Now everyone's dead. Now everyone's in the drink. That's right. Yeah. There, there it is. I mean, that's the, basically uh, what my thoughts are about the story of the outlaw past there. I think it's a fascinating tale. And ultimately, yeah. we still don't know. This is just what we know by our modern explanation and uh, modern science. But, you know. Yeah. And just for the record, so within, um, I forget how many feet of all of this, the, the picture is kind of hard to see. But this isn't the first death on in that area of the Dyatlov Pass. There was um, nine Mansi hunters that died relatively close to them in, at one point. Mm. Uh, nine other bodies were found on another peak right there. These peaks were very close, kind of like behind you. Nine yeah. other bodies were found uh, at that one. And then nine other people died in a plane crash on another plane peak. crash damn yeah there was a lot of within all those peaks there was nine deaths at every single one including the atlaf pass people so there is a little bit of a trend here with nine people dying nine times nine 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 that's right <clears throat> so well, now it's time for final thoughts
There we go. So once you went first last time, I'll go first this time. My final thoughts are this was a intriguing mystery, unexplained, unsolved mystery. It still is unexplained and unsolved. Well, it was explained as we just explained it, but it's um, not officially solved. Not officially solved. And um, I'd like to stay up to date on this one because this is a weirdo story. And I mean, it's when the conditions are so extreme, you can lose nine people very quickly. If this was a normal thing, it'd be like nine people. It's a little strange. Some of the stuff as we've gone about over the past 53 episodes, when you're looking into something, whether it be uh, something wrong with you think is wrong with yourself or other people or whatever it is, or you can't find something, the simplest explanation almost always is the one. Occam's razor, you know how much I love that shit. That's right. Hence the stove and the alcohol and the sex and the, (laughs) you know, but the the wood, the trees, the the eyeballs getting you. We know that that trend is these little critters eat eyeballs and lips. Not that some guy's going, cutting those out or the UFOs picking them up and just taking lips and eyeballs. Simplest explanation, tent uh, smoke problem. People leave it, uh, fuck up the tents. But the one thing though, blunt force trauma, I really still can't figure that out. Yeah, I mean the and there's no, uh, they didn't have bruises on them in initiating like a like a strike as if you were trying to beat someone up. It was like, like I said, it was like a the blunt force trauma is internal bleeding, so it meant like a very strong force hitting them in the torso because although most of them were ruled hypothermia, three of them were not ruled hypothermia. The skull mm-hmm. fracture, the the uh, internal bleeding and blunt force trauma. I mean, some of these people, as far as we understand, did not die from freezing to death. They died because of their injuries, which wouldn't have happened from exposure. It would have happened because of some kind of force. Did they, they just? Do you think they just kept falling out of the tree? I mean, like I can't really. <laughs> I don't know. So they obviously climbed the tree, but then like every time, you know, you know how those little pines are that you all of a sudden sound feel strong and then it just completely yeah, it falls just snaps. off. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you fell 15 feet from a tree naked. And your chest just hit the ground square. I think that could do a number. That would do it. Fifteen feet. I mean, maybe not. I mean, fifteen that might not be high enough for that. Fifteen feet is definitely enough to crack your head. Um, yeah, I think fifteen feet is enough to cause internal. Not to fuck you. Yeah. If you land yeah. on your torso and not your legs, but most people would land like a cat on their legs and they snap their well, legs. Well, if you I fall on a tree, you're holding on like this and you're falling backwards. You don't go that way. Mm-hmm. It's a little weird, unless one of them fell. You think their spine would be broken and hit his head, and then another guy fell on his chest, and then another guy fell on him. <laughs> like they were all sequentially on the tree. One went down first, and then, oh <laughs> shit! And the middle guy went on him, and then the other guy fell on him. That would have been even more unfortunate. Just all in yeah. the same spot. Yeah, Nacho Libretum. Yeah, Nacho. During the fall. Yeah. So crazy story, guys. Stay tuned to more crazy stories. Joe's final thoughts. What do you got? uh yes i mostly agree with you on that fact like i said the occam's razor is is how i usually deal with these kind of things although it's infinitely fascinating to think of all the other explanations of what happened and the mystery of it is what makes it so you know exciting and that there's not really a true answer which makes me actually frustrated it's equally exciting and frustrating that like i always want to just get to the bottom answer and just kind of like the equivalent of like googling it be like what actually happened like watching a mystery and be like, and then he was never seen again. I go, yeah, but then what happened? It's like, it's over. It's, it's real life. It's not a movie. The story doesn't get wrapped up. I'm like, no, fuck it. I want a, a, a drone camera of what happened that night. I want to see what happened. I want to know what happened. 
And unfortunately, we will never get that explanation. The best we can do is try to parse out the details and figure it out in the meantime. And like I said, I don't know what actually happened that night. It could have been a combination of an avalanche and, uh, you know, the fire and maybe the Yeti showed up and just, you know, just teased them and ran off into the night. Who fucking knows? But I tend to think that it's much more like what you said, Dylan, which is that it wasn't an example of nine people dying um, randomly. What could have happened here? They weren't in a, you know, a suburban house having lunch together. They were in an extreme situation. Basically, everything they were doing is to make sure they don't die. The default is death. The active choice is to not die. You're not just surviving, you know, relatively. You're fighting for your survival every moment, and you're accomplishing these crazy adventurous feats. So basically, all they had to do was fuck up, and they would be dead. They didn't have to have something accost them or attack them or even have some kind of natural event take them out. All they had to do was fuck up panic and have a couple things go wrong and it all it all end up terribly for them they had in their corner they were expert hikers but even the most expert nature people in the entire world they, they still sometimes nature swallows you up it's stronger than all of us and it doesn't matter how much of an expert you are you're at the mercy of nature which is probably one of the reasons why they wanted to go on that hike to prove that they could defeat nature and they had many times and unfortunately on the night of february 1st into February 2nd, um, nature won that battle. And although we may never know the exact truth of what happened, I think it's more than likely that, uh, unfortunately, nature just caught up to them. And uh, no matter how they reacted, in panic, in order, or whatever happened, uh, the elements ended up claiming them one way or the other. I'm thinking so. That's it. Be careful out there, guys, if you go hiking in uh, any any conditions. Bundle so. up and bring plenty of supplies. Bring plenty of Vlad, vodka and Vladislav Ivanovich Yadlov. And uh, if you are going to have a fire in your tent, just don't. Yeah. Just don't do it. Yeah. Take it easy on that. Could be bad. So, well, very cool. Well, that's the uh, Dylan Joe Basin podcast episode. What we think is 53. It's 53. And I confirmed it. Nice. It's 53. So we'll see you guys in a week for, uh, I don't know, I'm liking these mysteries. We'll see what happens. Suggestions yeah, and in the comments. Also, we have a website guys... we're, we're building right now. We can, we can send you it to you next episode and you can check out the episodes there. We're probably going to start doing some merch and stuff like that. And that yeah. way, they're always going to promote our stuff on social media or whatever, but maybe you can have a little website you can go to whether you want to check things out, what's going on there, the, the news of the day. Yeah, the it's a great place. Market. Yeah. Yeah. And we can be here and help us put it all together. It's going to be great. Yeah. We, yeah. We, big shout out to Kristen for hooking us up with a website. I mean, we're it's long Kirsten. overdue. Kirsten. Sorry. Kirsten. It's, uh, it's long Thank overdue. I uh, read everything wrong. I like, uh, like uh, Seaman, that guy. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, first yeah. thought is i was like it looks just like that um because the y and the it's so changed so don't yep. take it personally um and uh yeah we thank you and we're excited to get this website up and going for a place to start putting stuff hell yeah so nice to meet folks we appreciate it. stay warm stay warm out there this spring end of spring <laughs>
and of course I threw out my back because that's gonna happen, but not to the extreme, but just that it's like, oh, I'm fucked, you know, but not yeah, your like- Your back's like always like one twerk away from like being fucked up again. One twerk away from being fucked again. That's what they say. <laughs> that's what I say all of them. Like, girl, like, you know, you're about one twerk away. <laughs> I love to do that when I go home to my wife, young lady, excuse you, I'm married man. With a broken heart. In a broken heart. Well, no, because everyone was um, not sexually <laughs> tense. Unless yeah, someone's not telling us the truth. Until, which dude, until has I make happened this movie, on this I, when I make this movie, it's gonna, there's gonna, the sexual tension is gonna be hell. <laughs> it's gonna be, it's gonna be like dead snow sexual tension. Oh yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, Just so like tense. Do you think it's that movie is about you this? Could cut it with a, with a knife. Yeah, do you think Dead Snow, the movie, is about, uh, was inspired by the Diallo Pass incident? I don't think so. You don't think so? Why? I don't think so. I have a question. I was like, yeah, sure, what's up? You're really hot. I was like, like thank you for your service. I'm like, I'm wearing Crocs. It's not the same. Like, These are service Crocs. Yeah, these are service Crocs. Blue Crocs with, you know... Blue Crocs, blue shield. Now, we changed the name of the podcast that? Is that what we're doing? So, this, um, this podcast used to be called the DJ BSPP. Um, STFUSPSUB. No. M Y O F B. What's that stand for? Mind your own fucking business. Oh, so it's M Y O B. Just you couldn't remember M Y O B. I thought you were doing a whole sentence. Okay, no, because I added F M Y O F B. Threw me off. Yeah. Well, I kept saying letters, so I can't then help. D J B P M Y O F B N C I S. S B U. S S U V. SVU SUV. The Special Victims Unit Sports Utility Vehicle. Yes. Yes, exactly. It'll be great.